Well, here we are. We're back in the bunker for the Wheelhouse podcast. My name's Joel Spradborough. I'm here. I'm always here. I'm never not here. Someone who isn't always here is Kate Bates. You're here today. Is it you? It is me. I'm here. And uh, we've got a bit of a special guest we today, We sure Joel. do. I'm You're outnumbered excited. by the ladies here today. Strong watermelon theme going on too. Yes, we are both um, wearing watermelon coloured <laughs> shirts. Uh, Jordana Blackman. So good to have you, Geordie. Um, you run the Chicks Who Ride Bikes community. You founded the Chicks Who Ride Bikes community. We're going to hear a whole lot about that um, a little bit later. But I reckon Joel's um, perhaps got some specific questions for you. Yeah, being, I do. I want to get into it. There's a lot happening on the journey. Wheelhouse podcast today. We're going to talk some huge news for Australia. Big news for Australia. I think the nation will stop. It stopped Earlier this week for the Melbourne Cup, it's going to stop again because there's been massive news in the cycling world. There's also a guy who broke seven world records on a rather peculiar bike. We're going to chat about that. And what on earth does Elon Musk have to do with the world of cycling? Probably nothing, but we're going to find out very, very soon. (laughs) Before we do, Jordana Blackman, Chicks Who Ride Bikes, I think the most pertinent and first question we need to ask for our viewers and listeners, all three of them, what is Chicks Who Ride Bikes? Well, ultimately, Chicks Who Ride Bikes is a a community for women who like to cycle um, with the, I guess, the twist being that it's inclusive for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you ride on a flat bar old beta, doesn't matter if you're on the world's most expensive road e-bike from Tesla, which we may hear about. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're welcome here. It doesn't matter what you wear or what you ride. Um, get outdoors and join us. Okay. That's it's a pretty good cool. So even me... On my Philip Organa 3D printed bike, could join in. Listen, as long as you're accompanied by um, a friend, a partner who's in our group, then yes, we do have rides that welcome our roosters, as we call them. So please come along. How did it all start? Uh, Really, it all started because I myself decided to do a um, Ride to Conquer Cancer uh, ride, which is 200 kilometres over two days with the... um, Uh, aim of raising money for the cancer hospital that I was treated at. Um, But the problem was I never learned how to ride a bike as a child. So I learned how to ride a bike when I was 25. Um, Obviously, everything was quite frightening for me, having not had the kind of skills that one develops as a child, Um, you know, off ramps and curbs and stuff that I hear other people talk about. And, um, yeah, I wasn't really into the whole racing kind Mm. of cycling club scene. And there really didn't seem to be a place, I suppose, for just women who want to go for a ride. So that's where it started. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about this. Don't you go anywhere. You're not allowed to leave. (laughs) We're going to come back and have a good chat to Jordana Blackman. First, I, I just can't wait anymore, Kate Bates. Massive, massive news in the world of cycling. So who's going to break it? Are you going to break it? It's already been broken, but who's going to break it in the bunker? Jay Vine, he's on the move, Joel. Wow. He has confirmed that he is heading to UAE next year. Uh, He'll be teammates with the Podge. What's he doing? He's he's on the march from Alperson. A year early, no less. A year early. Now, this is great news for, for Jay, for the Aussie. I mean, first and foremost, I think uh, he already had a World Tour contract. 
so it wasn't as though he was out of contract and looking. This is a big move for him and it's obviously been really well considered for him to terminate a contract and move on. Mm. Uh, but it also shows a huge amount of faith in himself and faith from UAE to want to poach him. It's not easy to poach someone out of a contract. Uh, so that's really, really cool. Uh, but Joel, what really struck me is I've been following this closely. Uh, we reached out to Jay and uh, look, he, he was very tight-lipped. But earlier in the week, he was less tight-lipped when he was asked about this. And he said, no, no, this is literally two days before the announcement. Mm. So you have to assume that he already knew what was happening. Uh I'm not going anywhere. I've got a contract with Alperson until 2023. And he also said, yeah, I got some offers, but those discussions went nowhere. Mm. That's what he said, like two days before the news dropped that he was, in fact, um, telling a bit of an April Fool's. So basically just trotted out the the same line that every athlete does ever these days. I love Alperson's response. Like, Yes, uh, look. We're happy for him. We respect his wishes. Do you reckon they do? <laughs> you see, it was a written statement. You put that tone into well, it. Like, the well, monotone. It just seemed a bit like yes. Well, oh, the, I mean, they'd be devastated yeah. to lose a rider like him. Remembering that Jay Vine came through Zwift yeah. Academy, he got his contract almost winning that lottery. It wasn't uh, for any other reason, and then he starts winning Grand Tour stages, and they're like, "Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Mm. Look at what we've got." And then he's on the move. I, I th- reckon they'll be kicking themselves that they weren't able to counter offer anything to make him stay. It, I don't think it's about the money. I reckon it's more about the team and building a team around him to support his uh, ambitions. He would have been the sole leader on Alperson for tours, but he clearly wanted uh, a team around him to support him. Um, Jordy, I know that you love the elite cycling news. You kind of sit... Um, on the outside looking in at that a little bit. Um, it's huge news for an Aussie to get, you know, a big contract and a controversial move. Mm. It's more and more that the Aussies are getting these incredible deals. It's incredible. I mean, even the Zwift, like the fact that you can now do a Zwift competition and academy and be selected to have a pro contract. I mean, that was unthinkable not that long ago. So I think that's amazing. But I did notice a little pointy line in the written statement that um, I read in the same tone, which was, yes, we would like to support him given his advanced age when he turned (laughs) pro. So there was a very pointy line right at the end of the statement where I thought, Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. They may tone. as well just added a line at the end saying, P.S. We're not bitter at all. <laughs> yeah. Promise. Oh, like, yeah. that's a bit ageist. I don't know. I but that's think like a, a mic uh, drop at the end of a press release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a touch, just a touch. But look, big year, a couple of stages as well. Yeah. Obviously, success in Norway, Turkey as well. Growing reputation. We often say on the Wheelhouse podcast that Jay Vine is growing on us. Uh, turns out he's growing on the world of cycling well, at, a, at a rapid rate as well, and, living up um, to his name. Look, after this news, in my other role, Joel, as the coordinator for eSports Worlds for the Aussie team, um, I, I also just sent a little sneaky reminder uh, to Jay that he needs to get his expression of interest in mm. um, for the national team to be selected for eSports Worlds. I thought, oh, I don't want him to lose his eye on the prize there. I yeah. don't know. I'm Career-wise, like, good move. Obviously, Pog's Pog's Pog. Pog's Pog. Uh, Pog's Pog. You don't get paid mm. six million euros. Pog's Pog, Pog, but he's not Jay Vine. What's Jay Vine going to do working with Pog? Is this, this, is, this is career mm. progression, obviously, but what does it mean from his, I guess, personal achievement side? Because he's had such a big year. Yeah, I mean, I think the propensity is to look at 
tours and look at the season and the world tour and go, oh, why would he go there? Pogs, they're going to ride for Pog. <laughs> yeah, at one race, maybe yeah. two races and the classics. But there's huge opportunities uh, for the grand tours that perhaps Pog won't do. Mm-hmm. Hello, Giro, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Um, also things like one-week tours, Terreno Adriatico. Like there's so many beautiful tours Tour de Romandie, Paris-Nice, all of these tours that are much shorter that Jay could be their focus for. So it's it's a great move for him. And they can learn off each other. You know, there's an Aussie coach there, Kevin Poulton. He is absolutely one of the best coaches. I mean, I'm a bit biased, but I'd say the best coach in the world. But if not, up there with one of the best. So it's a great environment for the Australians um, to have that as well. And you know the other thing that Podge and uh, Jay have in common is they have fiancés, wives, Brie Vine and um, Erska Zigard is uh, Podge's fiancé, that are both they are such kick-ass women. You better believe that in the background of any of these negotiations, it's Brie that was highlighting the contracts and, and saying this is, you know, it's a real team effort on both camps, and I think that's just a, um, a pretty cool way to approach it. I think you'll be happy there. The signing that stops a nation, Jay Vine, uh, <laughs> yes. off to UAE after a, a short, a cut short stint Indeed. with Alperson. But uh, we're excited. We love we love him on the Wheelhouse podcast. When's he coming on, Kate? No pressure. But, uh, uh, yeah. Next week? Yep. No? Get, okay. the, get the diary out. <laughs> Let's talk about one of your mates on the Wheelhouse podcast. Now, a bit of a vomit of a debut. I don't know if mm. there's any way to describe uh, Pauline <laughs> Foran Provost yes. making her Ineos debut. It was uh, more jams than a rock and roll band. Uh, she struggled a little bit. Not not her fault, but what did you make not of it? Not her fault. Um, firstly, can I say that uh, Pauline looks resplendent in the Ineos colours. It's the first time we've ever seen a female racing in the Ineos colours or any iteration of that team, which is pretty monumental. Um she had terrible mechanical issues. Mm. So she ended up finishing about 16th, about six minutes down. She hasn't ridden cyclocross in a couple of years because she's been focusing uh, on mountain bike and doing so well there. So perhaps the expectations for her to come out and just smash it may be misaligned, but yeah. she ended up running across the line. I have a race breakdown here. If, if you don't like, Please. You wanna, so here we go. Okay, here we go. So just a shit show, basically. That's how it starts. It's <laughs> chain playing up. Mechanical on the first lap, 40 seconds. She's off the bike on the first lap for 40 seconds. Gets on, has another one almost immediately. Gets off and runs the bike to the pits. Gets back into the race. Has three more mechanicals. Ends up running her bike over the finish line, up the steep cobbles. And as you say, finishes six minutes behind Fan Ben and Unbelievable. What, what's going on what there? That's what, talk about Halloween nightmares. I don't know. We could go controversy here and we could go a little bit uh, conspiracy theory and say that it's a bit tokenistic that they've got a woman all of a sudden and maybe they didn't put the care and attention into her bike and Are you suggesting the mechanical sabotage? team. Not sabotage, just inattention, you know. Okay. I was thinking everyone would be looking at the team mechanic going, Dude, yeah, dude, right? yeah, or lady, as the case may be. I'm not familiar with that team's dynamics, but that sounds like five, six, seven mechanicals, and and, and a swapped bike. And when yeah, they swapped yeah, yeah. bikes, they swapped it so the the pit is on the right hand side as the riders come through. 
for some reason, they gave her a bike on the left-hand side, like crossed in front of other riders to give her a bike. It was so bizarre mm. and so strange. And I think shit show is really the only way to describe it. Early days, but Ineos. bummer. You know. Like, first time they've ever had a female yeah, exactly. in the Ineos jersey. Yeah. She's such a high-profile athlete. That that's yeah. I think well, the, yeah. The positive is she's such a high profile athlete that everyone knows. You know, there's a lot yeah. of benefit of the doubt there. It's mechanical. Everyone knows she's you know a world class rider. Yeah. Doesn't reflect on her. No, you don't win ten reflects world titles poorly on the mistake. poor mechanics. Yeah. I say that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the faith in Eos and maybe have a look at your mechanic roster. Just saying. Just saying on the Wheelhouse Podcast yeah. now. Massive news as well. One of your mates, a oh dear They're all cousin my mates. of yours. Jordana um, <laughs> keeps looking at me. I've got to say, Joel, like, <laughs> if Kate has all these famous mates, where are the intros? Well, this guy isn't her mate. This guy is her cousin. They're actually related. They're family. Now, Look, what about the hard-fought, tough tussle on the streets of Singapore mm, for the TDF mm. criterion? Won but by what, Jonas Vingegaard. What do you on. think? Well, I don't know that we could say one. I think right. we could say he crossed the line first. <laughs> uh, let's call it an exhibition race. Um, his quote afterwards was very, uh, it made me laugh knowing it's an exhibition race where he said, it's always very special to cross the line first wearing yellow. Like mm. even he didn't say, what a great win. He was like to cross the line first wearing yellow. Because that's yeah. what it was. But it, what about that attack? Kilometre out just to... <laughs> <laughs> but there, there, there's also um, moments within the race where other riders are seen like physically jostling each other into position <laughs> yeah. with their hands, almost <laughs> like it's your turn now. And um, there were some funny hats involved. Yeah. Rickshaws. Uh, Chris Froome on a rickshaw. Yeah. I mean, this is... it's. I don't know. It's almost does, does like a the, piss Does the showcase, the exhibition, does it justify what I'm going to call the slight insult to the, the elite sport? But they run it. Like Tour de France organised Yeah, I this. know. But do you think it's – what do you think? I don't is know. It, is I it mean, valuable? It's clearly valuable to somebody. I mean, yeah. it, it. this is where it becomes pure entertainment. Mm. People just want to see Jonas Vingegaard – did I say it's it right? It's a smorgasbord. Vingegaard. Vingegaard. <laughs> so have we landed on the correct pronunciation? Uh, Vinny Gogo. Okay. Okay. Not Fingergaard. 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 Uh, yeah. Ving, they just want to see him cross the line yeah. wearing his yellow jersey first. Like they – so I think it's – I don't know. It's bizarre if nothing else. It's quite a spectacle. But it, it, the reporting on it I think is what cracks me up the mm. most. You know, that – People feel like they need to report on it. I feel sorry for the journos but, having to write about it. Yeah. I feel sorry for them having to write about that as though it is a race. It's I think ridiculous. it's a bit of the onion. Yeah. You know, it might be a bit of light, light-hearted reporting for yeah, them yeah. to do. Yeah. You know? Chance, yeah, chance to put the tongue in the cheek. Yeah, and just yeah, have a bit of fun. exactly. Yeah, the cycling Batuta advocate. Exactly. If you don't know what that is, you've got to look that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Okay, well, we'll go. We'll go. We'll we'll keep looking at the criterion. It's a. I don't know. I'm not big on it. You. you I think it's a bit of fun. Bit of fun. Why not? You yeah. think it's a bit of fun too? It's content. Yeah. Bit it's of a content. breather for the riders. And we're perhaps. talking about it, so it's doing its yeah, job. And yeah, we are talking that's about a good point. it. Sir Fingergaard <laughs> has yeah. had a pretty crappy year post to a win. You yeah. know, like oh. he has felt the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's been really struggling. Like, good for him. To have a little bit of fun, wear a funny hat, ride a rickshaw, yeah. cross the line first. 
<laughs> yeah, he crossed Wearing the line first. Wearing his yellow. It's like an athletics carnival at, at, at the primary school. Where it's like, come on, yeah, here you go, you win kind of thing. No, Except they're actual races. They're actual races, Joel. It's like WWF, mm. you know, those slam downs. Right. Yeah, yeah, Boom. yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. Now, this is a subject that we ne- we don't often touch on on the Wheelhouse podcast, but I feel like we should throw a little bit of attention to Mark Cavendish <laughs> uh, because we never, ever mention his prospects and what the hell is going oh, on with his signing situation because it we had some more news. It is a situationship, yeah. isn't it? Um, we have had news this week mm. because the world, Joel, the world, the cycling world was convinced yeah. he was going to Movistar. Now, this was somewhat fueled by Max Skiandri, a former pro rider, saying, "I and he's a director at Movistar, I really want Cav. I think he'd fit in so well here. Now, it turns out uh, that Max Skiandri was not very um, well quoted mm. and he didn't imply in any way that he was going to Movistar. Yeah. But on Twitter, it turned into this massive thing uh, where Movistar actually had to respond to it and... It started, it's like at first they thought it was a little bit funny. They were like, come on, guys, it's been a quiet season. It's been a quiet um, week in cycling, I know, but this is a bit too far. To where to the point where Movistar then actually had to start quoting like UCI regulations. They posted their 30-man roster and said, guys. No room. There's no room. Yeah. We've filled our 30-man quota. Mark Cavendish is not on here. So it went from being a little bit of fun to even them Coming, being like, oh, come but on like now. Max Skinner, he's, he's the sport director of the team. It kind of like, <laughs> to come out and basically say, yeah, oh, yeah, about what Max said, oh. yeah, nah. Yeah, but like, I reckon Max is just as frustrated as us. As well, in, where the heck is Mark Cavendish going? You are on the cusp of fan oh, dumping Mark I am. Cavendish. What you do you reckon, George? Because I'm a fan of his, but I am. I'm she on the cusp it, of it's, fan it's, dumping. Not, not even kidding here, Geordie. She's going to fan dump I think Mark I'm Cavendish done. I, I, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm following oh. the story live <laughs> as it happens. This wow. is exciting but stuff. But Skandry basically comes out and says, like, it, it'd be great. It, you know, we're, we're mates. Jeez, it'd be fun. Wouldn't it be great? But the, 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 so, literally <laughs> rocks the very foundations of the cycling world with such a comment, and the team's forced to come out and douse it. it um, do you know the problem is I I want to say we're done covering this. We're not <laughs> talking about it anymore. And then he's going to come out next week with a new team and yeah. we'll be like, breaking oh, news. We Damn love it. talking about intrigue on the Wheelhouse podcast. Is there some mm. intrigue here? Is there, is there even a, a slight whiff of possibility that this is a smoke and mirrors ploy? And he I could always end up wonder there? that. After the Oscars, to me, everything could be a deliberate. Just a PR well, stunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is he going? Is Chicks Who Ride Bikes going to um, get Mark Cavendish out there? I don't know. The I real mean, reason Jordy's been invited on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I wasn't going to say it until now, but well. Jordana Blackman is, is our special guest on the Wheelhouse podcast. She's from Chicks Who Ride Bikes, a wonderful organisation. We're going to find out a little bit more about that and teaser the app, the Chicks Who Ride Bikes, Chicks Who Ride Bikes app has been released. Can't wait to hear more about that. Before we do, though, if if that's if it's okay to just say, Cav isn't the only one uh, up in the air at the moment. Your dear, dear mate, Nairo Quintana, who's had a, a rough trot. Let's let's be fair. He's had a bit mm. of a trot. Uh, is also... He, what's, he's left Arkea. What, what, he's, he's had a cloud hanging over him ever since. He's trotted himself in a rough direction. A trammer trot. I think that, yeah, trammer trot. I think that... Um, so he had a bit of a controversy around the use of tramadol. He's defending himself. He's out of contract. Um, but, you know, he's a very valuable rider. Yeah. Where will he end up? Who knows? 
it is late in the season. So they either know and they're just hanging on to the information to make it dramatic when there is, you know, not a lot else going on. Or they're both a little bit, you know, up to proverbial without a a paddle. Yeah. And they're just trying to sort themselves out. I don't know. But I'm getting sick of talking about Mark Cavendish. Yeah. Good luck to Quintana. (laughs) They're up on two without a badon. Yes. If Quintana doesn't (laughs) sort himself out soon, he's going to fall in the same category well, as look, Cavendish. He's, and he's got, he's obviously, he's got his appeal with the Court of Arbitration for Sport hanging over his mm. head. He, I think he's possibly just a bit of stinky laundry at the I moment. Don't know. Maybe. Oh, no? God, i got to say, the whole tramadol thing is an interesting one. It is banned yep. in cycling, but there's a lot of people who accept the rule but don't necessarily oh, paint it as a big doping violation. So I actually don't, other than the PR of it, I don't think teams care that much. Big call, but I genuinely don't. Um, okay. Yes. All right. On the Wheelhouse Podcast, we'll, it's, let's press along. Uh, special guest, Jordan Blackman from Chick- Chicks Who Ride Bikes. I'm Joel Spreadbury. Kate Bates is here in the flesh, not mm. the digital version. I'm still not convinced. I feel like I need to get you to do one of those capture, prove you're a human, <laughs> not a robot things, but we'll get to that. I want to talk about... Rec- oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> Jordan is putting up the Kate cutout and it's just, it's just bringing back memories of, of Kate not being here. Now, records. There are records, then there are records. This is mm. extraordinary. What I love about this... The 12-hour speed record on a recumbent bike has been broken. First mm. thing, it gives me hope. Yes. It really gives yes. me hope. Uh, so a recumbent bike, you are literally recumbent. <laughs> yes. Like you're, you're kind of lying <laughs> down track, yeah. and holding on, you know, with your arms beside you. And uh, two wheels, quite a contraption. You put your You're pedal, combining having it, doing exercise and, and having a lie down. Off you go, and yeah. It's fantastic. Speed plays mm. are an interesting choice for that. Yes. The, so the rider who did it, um, his name is Marshall, Marshall Randall. Randall. Now, he works for Whiz Wheels. Yeah. Incidentally, they're a recumbent bike manufacturer. I love this. I love this. <laughs> so I think this was a bit of a PR stunt. But yeah. In his mission on this 12 hours, he actually broke seven World Ultra Cycling Association records. Um, are you ready for them? Go for it. 100K. Yep. 200K. Check. 300K. <gasps> 100 miles. What? 200 miles. Stop it. Six hours. No. And 12 hours. You're kidding. <laughs> seven records. 27.6 kilometres per hour, which was 17.31 miles per hour because he did it in Michigan. Yep. So they were definitely not measuring in kilometres. Good point uh, In miles. But what an effort. Yeah. Like, seriously impressive. And he competed in the 60 to 69 category. Uh, presumably, his age falls somewhere between that bracket. But he beat the record for every category. Everything, yeah. Everything. And I love that it's just uh, the way it's been dressed. is just like, just grabbed a bike from the <laughs> warehouse at work. Finished yes. work one day and thought, you know, I'm just going just gonna to check out one of these bikes for a few hours and go and smash every known record. I haven't ever been on a recumbent. Have you? Not, no, no, like in a, like the gym comfy. version of a recumbent, yes. Yes, but an on-the-road. Have you ridden a recumbent bicycle, George? Yes, I have. Um, I was kindly lent one when I broke my wrist once and was very sad that I couldn't join in group rides. So, yes, I have been on a recumbent Did you bike. do a group ride in a recumbent? Like a bike path kind of ride. Oh, right. Not like, you know, Mount Kutha or anything like no. that. I would mm. imagine it would be quite hard to have a conversation given recumbents. You're very close to the floor. Mm. The trikes are easier than the two wheels because you don't have to worry about balancing and kind of that that sort of thing but yeah it's a lot different 
Yeah. It's worth having a look on our socials on the Wheelhouse podcast because there's some photos that you might see. And he doesn't look like he's having the best time, to be fair. Uh, he is pushing himself hard. But <laughs> you su- I mean, what do you reckon when you're going the hardest you can for 12 hours, Joel? Do it with a smile on it. your face is what I say, Kate Bates. <laughs> well, Mr. Randall, I think that you've done well. Despite, yeah, congratulations. Uh, but, but next time, if you could give us a bit just, of a just smile. Just a bit more chirpy for us, if you don't mind, pal. Just yep. a bit more positive. No, look, congratulations. What a, what a cool story. I love it. Borrow a bike from work, seven records, including Guinness records, records mm-hmm. of every category, 60 to mm. 69. That's awesome. Legend. Another world record, mm. another seven world records, bang, 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 just Boom. like that. Now, let's have a chat, uh, Jordana Blackman, if you don't mind. Chicks who ride bikes. So, there's an app. I want to talk about it, but first I want to ask you, you were touching on a story about starting riding basically without knowing how to ride. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I I learned to ride a bike at 25. Um, When I was living in Melbourne, I actually had a a bike coach that taught me how to balance on two wheels. And I remember having this special backpack that I would um, put on and he would ride behind me and hold me up. And that's how I kind of learned to balance riding. And it all kind of grew from there. I understand the connection signing up for a cancer charity ride, given that you'd been sick and you'd had treatment and you wanted to contribute to the cause. There's many ways to do that. Why bike riding when you didn't know how to ride a bike? Mm. <laughs> Listen, I was at a cafe and it just was um, a flyer that caught my attention and it just must have been some seedling that got planted in my brain and I just kind of decided with the forethought that I put into most things in my life, I'm going to do that. Yes, the forethought being not a lengthy <laughs> no <thought>. process. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what, is, what has it done for you? What's bike riding done for you? Quite simply, it's changed my life in the most amazing ways that I couldn't have dreamed of beforehand. I mean, just the the ability to conquer something that you never knew you could do. I mean, when you're a beginner, 200 kilometres may as well be 2,000 million bajillion kilometres. It just seems so daunting and so far to ride um, and, and was just quite an achievement. I think, you know, with work and family and all the responsibilities that we have, it's nice to have something where you can continually set yourself goals and achieve them and feel like you're moving yourself forward and learning new things. So that's really made a huge impact on my life. Mm. And helped you overcome some challenges, I guess, on a personal level as well. Oh, I can, try me, I can relate any bike analogy to life. I can like <laughs> relate any situation. This I just like think it's trivia. a great metaphor for yeah, life, yeah. really. It's, George, when I've, I've had a bit to do with Chicks Who Ride Bikes, I've worked with you there. It's just the most sensational group. Something that really struck me when I first got involved is I come from the elite side and I, I guess I have a lot of assumed knowledge, both in the skills side of riding a bike and um, the comfort around it. But I did a skills session with the most awesome group um, of women up here in Brisbane, uh, just pretty basic skills and there was this incredible woman who had done an iron woman event and nailed it Mm. but she didn't know how to get her water bottle off her bike and was there because she felt like you know to drink and hydrate herself through an Ironman length triathlon she needed that skill that blew me away I just thought that was a really easy thing to do and it reminded me Jord that I have to like almost unlearn everything I've learned in order to realise the challenges that a lot of riders, but particularly the women, um, have in this area. This has got, I mean, you started from literally 25 can't ride a bike. Mm -hmm. So is 
how long did it take you to figure out all of these little skills along the way? Oh, I, I mean, I'm still learning now, but I have so many good anecdotes about my own journey. And I suppose I can meet, even though I've moved along in my progression, I can still meet women where they're at and I can vividly remember the fear and just the anxiety of thinking oh my god everyone else can do this and I can't well, like what what, what was something well, that certainly you out? drinking out of the drink bottle definitely was something that um that I encountered I you know signed up for a triathlon with that aforementioned you know <laughs> planning without realizing that I couldn't take the drink bottle out of its holder. It was just like it hadn't occurred to me that it might be difficult. I just assumed I would be able to. Yeah. And then when it came to it, I was too terrified to take both hands off, you know, a hand off the handlebar to give it a try. So I just dehydrated myself throughout the whole length of the race. Just finished up rather parched. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but even going from a flat bar bike to a road bike, I was like, where are the gears clicky click click like how do I <laughs> I didn't know they were embedded within the brakes that they oh, were yeah. the same thing and so someone actually had to point it out to me nope you move it across with your hands and I I just could not figure out how it even worked now that reminds me of something a very funny conversation that we had George um, I'm going to throw this one to you Joel we were talking about riding a road bike but in past tense uh-huh. And we could not figure out the terminology. So if you were to describe riding your road bike in a past tense, what would you say? Road my road bike. Road, road, road. road you go road. Road, 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 road. It is road, road. road, road. Yeah. You road, road. I was saying to Katie, you know, a few <laughs> years ago when I rode road, more road rided road rided ridden road and more i was ridding she was saying she used to ride her road bike more she was like you know when i rode road more road road more road ridden yeah and i was like you rode what and she was like i rode road you rode what oh i'm like a road runner when i rode on the road honestly it's awesome so this is what chicks who ride bikes is all about i guess making it a bit more accessible and creating that sense of community um, around biking because Kate you make a really good point coming from the elite world like you're used to a very different sort of cycling world yeah it, it's just a completely different journey um, for me I would have to say that it, the thing I love most when I got introduced to chicks who ride bikes is um, that all of these women who just have no access to cycling there were immigrants there were um, women from different cultures where cycling hadn't been encouraged and they weren't quite sure even how to break down that barrier, um, that we've got some of the most incredible people involved who there's no ego, there is no yeah. judgment, there is nothing but hilarity and laughs. And there's very few kind of safe spaces where you can learn a new skill as an adult and not be made to feel um, like a bit of a twit if you don't get it. Yeah. yeah like that's point. really yeah. important, right? Like it's so true. There's not many things that I could try and learn how to do where I wouldn't feel like an idiot. And for that reason, you, you don't bother, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of the time, and yeah. especially for women. And it's also dawned on me recently that a lot of kids, especially girls, stop riding bikes around the age of six or seven when it costs, you know, a significant amount, probably around three, four, five hundred dollars to get them a decent bike. Yeah. The parents aren't spending the money because the mums don't ride bikes themselves mm. and they can no longer just chuck the bike in the car, take them to a tiny little track and work on it. So, in fact, getting women on bikes is a huge part of the puzzle of getting our kids riding more. And the fact that Jord signed up for something when she couldn't even ride a bike, like I just think I it's that, such yeah. a... 
a real journey. Yeah. How 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 big Authentic is the community? Is the word I, I was looking for. How big is the chicks who ride bikes mm. community? Yeah. So in southeast Queensland, that's our um, flagship, I guess, original area, and we've got over four thousand members in southeast Queensland. Um, we have five or six regular volunteers who do um, rides at different times of the day and, and week, which is great. Um, but obviously to be able to share the message broader outside of Queensland, that's kind of where social media and the app um, came into things. And we're, we're in Australia, of course. We've got some um, overseas listeners, George. So southeast Queensland is sort of... Brisbane and below, but still in the state of Queensland, not yet in New South Wales. And for some reason, the Queenslanders must be the sun, Joel. Mm. They love getting on two wheels. They call the, the Sunshine State. It is. Well-earned nickname. It is. And it's it's as big as Texas. Yeah. Like, so... It's bit of territory to cover. Bit, yeah, a bit yeah. of territory to cover. Um, now, George, accessibility is the big thing for you. You get your message out. Primarily, it's been kind of social media, Facebook mm-hmm. um, kind of based. And, and there's an enormous amount of people who follow along um, on that journey. Um, but Chicks Who Ride Bikes, there's a new app. Uh, it aims to broaden it a little bit and kind of bring all of those uh, unique needs of women cycling together. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the app? Uh, when I was first looked at it, I think it was described as like, bumble looking for cyclists or something like that but can you talk us through it because I think it's a really cool initiative. Yeah thanks well I think we decided to create it to solve one of the biggest problems and questions that we basically get asked in the Facebook group and on social media which is love the idea love wanting to get out and ride who's in my area who can I connect with Um, And that really was the number one thing we wanted to solve. So the app really, I call it Ride Buddy Finder technology because, you know, like to label things. Well, it's the the only one that exists. Mm. It is. Globally. It is. Globally. Yeah. So it's pretty market leading. It's pretty cool. It's very... It's very cool. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely the only one that's um, women-owned and women-focused. Um, and essentially the core... Uh, purpose of the app is to help women anywhere they are in the world to connect with uh, other riders in their area and you can do that by location you can connect by ability so you can kind of self um, self declare your your um, ability as a beginner or as a more advanced rider so that How you can you kind of be matched as a rider Joel uh, what's the level before beginner <laughs> noob noob pre-noob yeah pre-noob noob be noobie yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Noob. Yeah, there you go. Is yeah. there a newbie category? Yeah. yeah. Noob, beginner, regular, advanced. Great. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, so that really is the, the core function of it. You can, yeah, also connect by the type of bike you ride. So um, gravel bike, mountain bike, whatever. Um, and then, of course, to make sure it's a one-stop shop for these women who do come in, we've got loads of great resources. Kate features in some of them. And, and um, this is literally anywhere around the world. So you could go on holiday with your bike and yes, get on the app yeah. and find someone to go on a ride with. Yes. That's, that yep. is incredible. And, it, and it's also about asking questions too. Like there's some great um, questions in there. That, the community. Yeah, just the community that's just really cycling. Yeah. It's 
of course, cycling specific, but it might be about what's a comfy saddle recommendation or, or that something like that. Um, there's been a hilarious conversation about um, hairstyles yeah. for female com- commuters yeah. who don't have time to wash and blow dry their hair when they get to the office. The struggle they is still, real. The struggle is real. They still <laughs> want to look good. So, Joel, let me just say, if there's any dry shampoo companies out there who who want to access um, to a new market, women's cyclists, yeah. uh, commuters, there's your market. I Important consideration. Yes. <laughs> how long yes. did this take to come together? Like this this project, how long has it been in the Well, you know, the they North say Ball? it takes, uh, you know, costs twice as much and takes three times as long as you think it's going to. We were kindly um, granted uh, funding by Queensland's Department of Transport and Main Roads. Thank you so much. Um, Ultimately, it took about 18 months to go from nothing, i.e. the wireframing process and going, what do we want the app to look like and how to function, to testing and design. We partnered with a great uh, firm on the Gold Coast, the famous group. Thanks very much. And um, yeah, essentially 18 months from idea to fruition. Um, We had 1,600 people um, sign up for the pilot phase one and we're merely a week away from the um, V2, which will solve a lot of the, um, you know, introductory glitches that you get when you're have a new piece of technology. So it's an exciting time. Yeah. But there's thousands of women on there. It's so fantastic. Mm. And in the back end, there's videos, there's recipes, there's all that sort of stuff. Extraordinary. So, what's the uh, end goal? It's quite what, a cool what's, tool. What's the next phase? I mean, we'd love to attract more funding. Obviously, you know, there's we've got a thousand ideas about features we'd love to add, you know, ride tracking, map sort of Strava-like stuff, a whole lot of different ideas, obviously. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to ultimately attract funding um, for that. But I think what we've been able to do in the, you know, with what we have is incredible and certainly it is a world first. And one of the really cool features I understand, Jord, is there's a lot of safety consideration around it because we don't want any catfish. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't. And while Joel, fellas are welcome as a plus one on a ride, invited. Ro- roosters, yes. Roosters. Yep. Roosters are not, uh, the app is not for the roosters. So I'm a newbie rooster. Yes, but you won't be able to access the app because okay. you're a rooster. So, George, how do we keep the roosters out? Well, you can try, Joel, but you'll get <laughs> caught up in our web of safety features. Um, yeah, so running a women's community already on Facebook, I've encountered almost every single obstacle that you can when it comes to people trying to join that probably shouldn't and, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, so there's facial recognition technology that we've included into the registration process, essentially. So you'll be asked um, while you're registering to take a selfie um, and it needs to match your profile photo. And it does that using facial recognition technology. So it's pretty amazing um, establishing that you are who you say you are. Um, and preventing just bots from creating accounts and things. Um, Yeah, and it's also very easy to report people in the app for, you know, problematic yes. behaviour, which and, we haven't had yet. And boot them out. <laughs> just unceremoniously. There's, yeah. a, um, there's a Zwift group I run, uh, Joel, Chicks Who Ride Bikes, like a group ride on there. And when it first started, it was mostly chicks, but it's actually now run um, – like the ride leader is a fella, Jazz. I'm loving that. And he's he's a older gentleman who just lo- – like, so it's yeah. not just about um, women only. It's not this, um, you know, cutthroat club. It's just okay. about safety it's and inclusivity. And education, really, because a lot of the back end of the app, Jordy, is teaching people how to indicate, how to ride safely, like the really basic skills – 
to keep you safe when you're on the road, on the trail, wherever. Yeah, it, it really is meeting women where they're at and not assuming, which you put well before, Kate, that they have any level of knowledge. And I think it's easy for me to create and imagine that content because all I have to do is think back to my own cycling journey and go, oh, yes, I remember not knowing that. That was really scary. Yeah. So let's create, you know, an engaging piece of content to address that. It sounds extraordinarily different. Is is just like to nothing I've heard of. It before. is very, it is very, it's, very cool, and yeah. and I think that you know the the more global reach it gets, it's already becoming a movement. So well, sign up, people, jump on board. Thank you, Thanks, yeah. Guys. Pass That's it awesome. on to your wife, your partner, your friends. Please, um, Jody, we're not letting you go anywhere. Um, we've got a few more things to chat about. Um, Once you're in more, the bunker, you don't. You <laughs> yeah, some more Aussie Aussie news as well. Um, Joel, I think that we've been talking about technology. We're hoping everybody's rushing to download the Chicks Who Ride Bike. We should app ask how right how, how do you do that? Just on jump on the App Store. Yep, it's yep. Uh, Apple Store, Android. Download it for free, um, which is what we've been able to provide for the community yep. um, through funding. So please jump on and download it. Well, find your bike buddy. Find your bike just buddy. Just Chicks Who Ride Bikes app on the App Store or wherever you get your apps. Yes, Chicks Who Ride Bikes or CWRB. Um, look it up and you'll find us. Well, oh. you're, you're a tech genius. That you know is who so else cool. is a tech genius? Ugh, I know where you're going here. You do, don't I like you? it. I like it. It's a good segue. Yes. We do some very smooth segues. Very on the smooth. Uh, well, Giordana kind of teased it earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let the cat out of the bag yeah. um, or the tweet bird out of the bag, as it may be. <laughs> oh, no one would have um, noticed. <laughs> Let the musk out of the oh, candle it's hole. smelling very <laughs> musky <laughs> in here. Um, so we know Elon Musk, he's bought Twitter. He Who? finally got the deal no, over the line. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he didn't have to get a rocket ship to do it. Um, now, there's a couple of exciting oh my God, elements hideous. to this story. Mm. Um, Jordana has just said, oh, my God, it's hideous. And that's because <laughs> in the studio here we've popped up a photo um, of the Tesla e-bicycle. Uh, we'll put it on the socials. Hideous is a pretty good word. Um, looks guys, like I, I'm a nerd, as you know. It looks like it's come straight out of the movie Tron. I know that Merxy, our producer, will appreciate that. It absolutely looks like a bit of sci-fi tech. Mm. Can I just first ask rideable. if it's to scale? Are those like 42-inch wheels, wheels or something? <laughs> or is it just projected by? So the, on this photo, uh, for those listening on, the the, the, the tyre of the bike <laughs> goes like up to height. almost, well, above Elon Musk's waist. I believe it's... Um, I, I believe it's just the image. I, I don't think the bike's actually that big. But there are some quirks about it. Mm. Um, firstly, they reckon that the e-bike industry by the end of 2025 is going to be worth $40 billion. Wowzers. So only $4 billion short of what right? Musk spent on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, it, I mean, it just goes to show it's not like he's going into bicycles because he wants to join the cool kids. We are cool, though. Yeah. Uh, like, this is a money play. But yeah. in his whole thing for zero-emission vehicles, he's having a little bit of trouble with the old Tesla. Look, they started around... 45,000 US dollars mm. for your base model. It's not really accessible to all, right? They're having some issues with the self-driving part. So why not? He teased it a few years ago. Why not go into e-bikes? Um, now, they're being produced at the moment, Joel. Yep. They're pretty cheap, though, I've got to say. Only about um, 500 US. Oh, really? Right? Oh. So actually accessible. However, a bit of an issue. Let me know what you think about this. 
the handlebars do not turn. Like at all. Sorry, come the again? Handlebars the handlebars hand- I know, get your head turn. around that. It is a bike. The handlebars do not turn. How, how do you? To steer, you apply pressure ah. to one side of the bar or the other. If you are listening on, you won't see this delightful thing I'm doing with my hands to indicate this. Yeah. But you lean left pressure to go to turn left. But the And the wheel turns, but the bars do not turn independently. Ah. <sighs> How That's bizarre. Sorcery. Well, is it genius or is it ridiculous? How would it affect your balance though, I wonder, if you're kind of still sitting facing forwards and the wheel's going left, but you're I odd, odd, odd. So many questions yeah. to this. I'm it afraid seems... I'm gonna need to test drive one yeah, to be able to give it, a It could a firm just opinion. be the way bikes happen in the next twenty years. A hundred years ago, people are probably going. Two-wheeled machine that you ride on, pa, poppycock. Well, Maybe that's the future. <laughs> I don't know. Poppycock. Where is that a word? It, it was a hundred years well, ago. Well, look, we can ask Elon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Elon, we're going to tweet you. We'll uh, get him on the send show. us one. We'll do a bit of a test ride and a review for you. What you do you steer think? with your own sense of self-righteousness? Yes. Yeah. And um, How Elon, you can ride with Joel, and you can debate whether poppycock is actually a word or I not. I just wonder: is this is this what bikes? Is this going to be a thing of the future? Is that I don't what they're know. Trying to do? I think I it's just know. outright strange. Did you read much more about the tech of the bike. It almost looks like the um, spokes on the cover picture we have up on the screen almost looks like they, they're small forks, like they have suspension inbuilt into them. I'd be keen to know. They if... look like robot arms. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's really, I, I think just for the, for the geeks out there, it's really fascinating technology. Um, check it out on our socials. We'd love everybody's yeah. input on whether or not they would yeah. be. I mean, just quietly, I'd love to try one. But I'm a bit nervous about the handlebar situation. Um, but with this news of Twitter, I saw, I don't know if you saw as well, Joel, um, a headline that was along the lines of, what if Elon Musk bought the Tour de France? Yes, it's right? called the, the Tour de Elon. A shout out to uh, OutsideOnline.com yes. who published this article. It's uh, one to think about. Well, it got me thinking. Mm. So I've got a few ideas for Elon. Okay. Should he <laughs> buy the Tour de France? Yeah. Are what you happens? ready for them? Yeah, ready. shoot. Um, the first thing is that I think the Grand Depart could be on the moon. Okay. Just bear with me. He owns SpaceX. He's literally got a rocket company, a rocket ship company. Why wouldn't you combine the two? Interesting. Interesting. Grand Depart. Well, that e-bike, you could, if they're riding e-bikes, it kind of looks very space age. That could work. That's it. That's the other thing. Yeah. Tour de France on the Tesla e-bikes. Okay. So they all have the exact same equipment. What do we oh, think about that? I, I feel like the enthusiasm, like you, it's very lukewarm. I think I'm thinking about it too um, much to actually <laughs> be able to react with enthusiasm. It's all a bit futuristic and yeah. frightening. What it's about all... self-driving team cars? I like that because nothing could possibly go wrong if that was if that was deployed. Well, well. <laughs> I, actually, I was thinking what the crash that was um, where the rider crashed into the back of the car. I think that would have still happened if they'd been self-driving yeah. cars. Because they're not self-driving riders. Right. So yeah. <laughs> The annual route presentation wouldn't happen in Paris. It would happen on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yes. I like that. Uh, Performance enhancing drugs would be legalized because Elon is big on live and live. Yes. Well, Twitter would turn into a pay-per-view 
subscription to yeah. watch it. <laughs> Joel, I would Global actually tune in to watch that. I oh, mean, yeah. go your hardest. I want to see what you're capable of, having taken everything you can under the sun. That'd and then just, and then be just get, quite on, the, something to get on the Tesla e-bike and see what happens. Do you think yeah. Phil Liggett and Bob Roll might get replaced by Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could actually imagine Joe Rogan and Phil Liggett co-commentating yeah. the tour de Elon France. Lance Armstrong's making a comeback as well. That's part of that. I don't, of what course. do we think Elon would think about Lance? Oh, they surely mates. Surely. I don't. I can't tell because on one hand, like Elon's this zero emissions, you know, um, climate hero, and then on the other hand, he's the anti-hero. Uh, so I can't tell where yeah. he would fall in the Lance Armstrong debate. I don't know. They're both a little bit of a dipshit, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a documentary yeah. in it, but I think yeah. we're just going to have to throw it out on um, Musk Twitter. Musk Armstrong, yeah. a bromance. A bro- there you go. Ooh, a you like that? I like okay. It. I was right. also, there's another uh, consideration to be had here. What would really happen if Elon Musk spent $44 billion on cycling, if he invested $44 billion, forget about the tour, mm. into the sport. Now There'd I did... be wage parity at last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, would there though? Would Elon support the women equally? Well, I can tell you that uh, hmm. Tade Pogacar's salary, 6 million euros, I mentioned it earlier, that would be covered for 7,333 <laughs> years. Wow. Okay. So, so, so what you're saying is $44 billion investment. We've got 7,000 plus riders on six million a year. That, that could happen. That you yeah. could pay six million, yeah, one hundred percent. I could add some great features yeah. to the app. You could add <laughs> some great You could finance Ineos oh eight hundred and eighty times. You could finance the Wheelhouse podcast for at least four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, let's hope that he throws his uh, his investment into cycling. Um, and, and Joel, speaking of which, there is an event coming up. I love the name of this um, for so many reasons. On the 11th of November. Mm. What's it called, Joel? The Dirty Warning. <laughs> Tell me what, why, when, where, what, how, Kate, oh my God. go. This is, this is one of those moments where uh, anybody who is not from um, – you know, Western Sydney or uh, some areas of Australia that know what a dirty warning is. What what on earth are they talking about? Um, (laughs) Australia's oldest road cycling race is the Melbourne to Warnable. Longest, oldest. Beautiful race, a lot of heritage. This year, uh, Karen Jones and her team are putting on the Dirty Warney, which is essentially a path from Geelong to Warnable on gravel, mm-hmm. most of it. Um, that, that's the dirty part, Joel, okay. is the gravel and the dirt. 245 k's, I believe? Uh, it is, in fact, 246 kilometres. Okay. Don't forget that extra <laughs> kilometres. Yep. Um, they, they're describing it as a gravel monument in the making. Um, wow. But the, the big news is that Simon Gerrans, um, our retired pro, uh, Legend in Australian um, cycling, in yep. world cycling. Made of yours. Uh, yeah, of course. They yeah. all are. Uh, he's riding it. What is it with ex-pros? What is it. it with ex-pros hitting the gravel? I don't know. I mean, I think that well, ex-road they, pros, love, they love riding their bikes. They yeah. don't want to race as pros anymore. And so, therefore, road racing has kind of lost its glint. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Yeah, yeah it's a new challenge. It's kind of same, same, but different, you know, and it's not mountain biking where you have to learn a whole new set of different sort of handling skills. It's, you know, all the road cycling skills they've learned will benefit them on the gravel, but it's different. 
They just like getting dirty. It's like the Paris-Roubaix. That's why everybody <laughs> loves Paris-Roubaix. They just love the, uh, you know, the mud, the dirt, the epicness of it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Take away a bit of the competitive. But really good luck to them because uh, I think that – so Karen Jones is the – brain behind this and she has worked tirelessly in Australian cycling over the years, worked really closely with Cadell Evans uh, and just an absolute legend of a lady. She has personally um, funded and underwritten a lot of these uh, events and the Melbourne to Warnable and now the Dirty Warnie. So good luck to them and uh, maybe challenge on Joel, maybe we can get you to the Dirty Warnie. You're uh, signing me up for a lot of rides today. I'm noticing. If Giordana, I'm, 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 I'm I'll talk behind you through it. it. Hold on. I'm I'll talk you it. through it. If Jordana can sign up for a 200k ride when she didn't even know how to ride a bike. Can I actually, just quickly, can I throw something at you, Jordana? Now, mm. before we were chatting, you are uh, an athlete. Tell me how you approached your first triathlon from a hydration point of view. Okay, first of all, thank you for calling me an athlete. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... First, how I approached it. Well, how I approached it was um, could only be summed up as winging it. Um, I think I drank seawater during the swim leg, which, um, you know, hydrated me during the bike and then dehydrated me because it was salt water. Essentially, no, I had no planning and no preparation and it was a disaster. Probably worse of a disaster than Pauline Ferran Prevost's oh, <laughs> debut. debut. <laughs> so it was your Ineos debut. So you had no water on your maiden trip. It was terrible. I mean, I drunk um, during the run leg. I did take a few of the cups that they hand out to you okay. on the run thing, but it was a total disaster. Wow. But I finished. And so unlike cyclocross, when they handed her <laughs> up a cup, it wasn't of beer. It yeah, was okay. actually <laughs> sadly, sadly, yeah, yeah. sadly. Wow, <laughs> extraordinary! Uh, it's been amazing having you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Uh, we've got one more thing. I just want yes. to finish with a special, special shout out, Kate Bates, because this is pretty cool. Um, Lockie Morton, EF Education. So a bit of a gesture, a bit of a gesture, a very special one. Uh, went, to tra went to Warsaw and distributed 13 Cannondale bikes to a club of refugee Ukrainian juniors who have been displaced. They fled their homes after some Russian attacks, separated by their from their parents, I should say, rescued by a, a cycling coach being put up by the po Polish Cycling Federation Morton met them when he did a charity ride earlier this year, raised 300,000 euros riding from Munich to the Ukrainian border, met these kids, touched his heart, went and chatted to his teammate, whose name is inexplicably escaping me right now. Mark, uh, help me out here. Mark Payton? Yeah, Padun. Padun, that's what yes. I said. Went back, donated these beautiful, beautiful bikes uh, because Mark was himself a refugee mm. after mm. the attack in Crimea in 2014. Yeah, Mark Pitton's story is, is quite exceptional, actually. When he first started um, winning some very big races, which he did last year, he actually copped a bit of criticism and almost allegations around doping. People talking about him like, how can he have just all of a sudden done this? But when you hear his backstory and you understand that he fled from war and... Yeah just the resilience that he has, it puts a different context on how he's able mm. to achieve things that normal people in their comfortable houses can't really understand. Like, just remarkable. Yeah. What I absolutely love about this story, just the most, Lockie Morton, like, what they are the best family. He's an Aussie guy. Uh, they're from 
New South Wales. They live. The family lives uh, largely in Colorado at the moment, but he, his sister's still in Australia, so we'll keep that link there. <laughs> and he, he does ride under an Australian licence. Now, um, Lockie has said that he doesn't really get into politics and he doesn't like to play that game, but he knows and he feels what's wrong, what's right and who needs help. Yeah. And he's just a bike rider. The only thing he knows how to do is use his bike as a force for good. How good is that? Amazing. And he is an absolute tornado, um, mm. Lockie Morton, in, ter- in terms of using his bike as a force for good. Mm. And um, I-, I just love this story. I love what he does and I yeah. love the light that he shines and how he uses his power um, to really highlight the issues that are pretty close and special to his heart. Well, it's not just lip service. He does it on the back of he the charity does. ride as well, gets the bikes. But on, I-, I love what he had to say about it helping these kids retain a degree of control over their future and getting them into that routine and that training pattern to sort of give them a a very positive distraction. But also he touched on escapism and the ability Mm. to just sort of get on the bike, switch it off, which I think has been a bit of a general theme in today's episode when we talk about chicks who ride bikes, when we talk about all of this. It's a really, really beautiful thing. I'm a bit embarrassed that I butchered his name so badly, but that's okay. Mark Perun. Joel, um, don't feel worse than all the other names you butcher. Exactly. (laughs) Lockie Morton, uh, Kat Batiz, thank you so much. This has been fun. It has been fun. Joel, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. And, um, you know, we love what you do. Everybody get on the uh, Chicks Who Ride Bikes app. Um, And if you're a rooster... Get uh, your female friends on there, but don't you try. You won't even get through the security system, And that's system, a beautiful the fellas. thing. Chicks who ride bikes, <laughs> tell us once more how we can find it, Geordie. Find us uh, on the App Store, Apple and Android. Search for Chicks Who Ride Bikes or CWRB and download for free. And Did that rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, check out the Facebook communities too. There's a um, CWRB Global or if um, people who are in southeast Queensland, there's also a group specifically for that. Beautiful. Boom. And... We're on Facebook now. Sure so, are. Yeah. Um, so you can find us there too. Well, Until Elon there. buys Facebook as well, we're there, yeah. Except Elon's our bestie. So oh, that's right. He's a friend of the wheel We'll house. take over <laughs> yeah. uh, once he joins Facebook. But it, yes, like, amazing. follow, share. Listen, Do it all. All of Engage. that. Thank you, please. <laughs> yeah, you can even comment on pronunciations if you want to. Yes. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Jordana Blackman from uh, Chicks Who Ride Bikes. It's been such a privilege having you in the bunker. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And thanks for calling my presence a privilege. Yeah. This is great. Just quickly, this guy can't get onto the app. Okay. No, no, Darth is a no. No, no sorry, Darth. I rather think he'd, he'd get, get caught up out. in the safety web. I'd like to think so. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast coming to you from the bunker, which we won't tell you the location of. We'll be back to do it all again before you know it. The Wheelhouse is produced by River City Studios for Listener. Executive produced by Luke Mears and the mysterious Merxie. It's written and hosted by Kate Bates and me, Joel Spreadbutter.